Amen. Well, listen, have a seat if you're here with us today. If you're joining us at home, we just thank you once again for tuning in online and being a part of the body of Christ together as we gather in lots of different ways. Uh, My name is Pastor Lindsay, and I'm an assistant pastor here at New Life Church, and I'm very thankful to have the privilege to be able to bring the word this morning as we start off the new year. Happy New Year. This was a long one. I know there's only 365 days in every year, but I'm convinced that there may have been like at least 368 in 2020, it seemed like. But we've made it, and we've made it to the new year, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to be able to gather together and to start this new year. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, I want to read this morning to you. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you for who you are. And Lord, today I pray that this would be a year that we would be that person who, like a tree planted by the streams of water, yields fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Let that be the people that we are who delight in you, who meditate on you, and who are planted in you this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, I'm going to spare you the 2020 rundown. I'm just going to say we stand here today fully aware of the faithfulness of Jesus despite our faithful, faithlessness. We stand here today because of the faithfulness of God. And aren't we thankful for that? Earlier this week, um, a friend of mine, her father passed away due to complications from COVID and He was a wonderful man of God, and and she shared just so vulnerably and honestly with us the last thing he sent them in text message, and it was Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. His love, he will no longer, in his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. You know, I think if 2020 has taught us one thing, it's taught us that none of us are spared loss, but we are all promised Jesus. None of us are spared the hard things of life, but we are promised Jesus and his Holy Spirit. And so here we stand at the beginning of 2021 as a testament to the faithfulness of God as a testament to the God that rejoices over us with singing, and now what? (laughs) I love a planner. I was real hesitant to buy one this year. I love a good planner. I love cracking it open. I love writing the birthdays and anniversaries in there. I like writing when my breaks are from school and all the exciting things coming up. But this year I had a little trepidation, right? Like, is this a waste of money? But then I thought, no, you know what? We have to go with confidence, trusting that the same God who was faithful enough to see us through everything he's seen us through will continue to see us through. And so what do we do now? Well, we get started building and trusting in God. We get started by delighting in him. 
by meditating on his word day and night. And by planting ourselves in him beside his still waters, knowing that when we are planted in him, then we prosper and we do not wither. No matter the season, we will produce fruit because he who promised is faithful. Today we're going to look in the book of Ezra. The book of Ezra is all about the rebuilding of the temple. And so here in Ezra, we have this guy who has been given a very big task to rebuild the temple. And not everybody's excited about it. There are plenty of people who are against them. But over and over again, things keep happening. And Ezra keeps saying, for the hand of the Lord was on me. The hand of the Lord was on him. And this year, I want us to go into 2020 with the confidence to say that the hand of the Lord is on me. And we can say that with confidence because since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ Christ and the veil being torn, there is never a moment where the hand of God is not with us. The hand of God is on you. But let's look at Ezra chapter 3 and let's walk through some things that we need to know kind of going into this new year. Maybe some things that we can kind of hold on to to push us forward. In Ezra chapter 3 verse 1, It says, when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their own town, the people assembled together as one man in Jerusalem. Well, I think one thing I want to start with, before they even began to rebuild this temple, and I don't know about you, but it seems like there's some things that need to be rebuilt this year. Lives that need to be rebuilt, faith that needs to be rebuilt, and so many of us that have walked through difficult times. There's things to be rebuilt this year. And the first thing the people did was it said they gathered together as one man. There was a unity of purpose. And listen, this, we have faced a lot of divisiveness, and not just in 2020, but for long, long time and years past. And even the people back in this time faced divisiveness. But when they began to rebuild the temple, there had to be a unity of purpose. And they gathered together as one man. So listen today, whether you're gathered here in this room or you're online, there's churches all across this country meeting in millions of different ways. But we are we have to realize that we are united as one man for one purpose, and that is building the kingdom of God. We have one purpose. And there have been so many things to distract us from our job. But we have to be united for one purpose, and that's building the kingdom of God. Because no matter what happens in this year, I am determined to lay some bricks on the foundation that God has built. I'm determined to build something on what he has established for us. We have to be unified in purpose and say together we are going to build the kingdom of God. You're building one part, I'm building another. We're all building together with one purpose. And let's remember that no matter how many things are different among us, That as believers in Christ, we have one goal, and that is to build the kingdom of God. We are unified in that purpose. In Ezra chapter 3, verse 6, On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. They gave an offering without seeing anything in front of them. 
They gave an offering, though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. Listen, there are some things that you may be believing for this year that you have absolutely no vision and see no progress right there right now. But today we are going to say, Lord, we're coming to you and I'm bringing you praise and I'm bringing you offering. I'm bringing you the sacrifice of my worship right here where I am. Even though I haven't seen it yet, in faith, I believe that you will do what you said you will do. There are people that I am praying for. This whole week, I have been praying specifically for prodigals that I know in my life. People who have been touched by God, experienced the presence of God, and have run so far away from him that they don't even remember his name hardly. And yet, there is no hope when you look out there right now. That foundation is crumbled, and it does not look like it has any strength to it. But right now, I am saying, God, I praise you for their return. I praise you that you who started a good work in them will see it through to completion. God, I praise you for the salvation of those who are lost. God, I praise you for the restoration of marriages and families that have been destroyed. I may not be able to see it, but right now, God, I'm stepping out into this new year, and before the first brick is even laid, I'm bringing you my praise for who you are and what I know you will do. There have been lots of things that are in ruins. But before you build, you got to go ahead and say, I'm thankful that it's done in Jesus. Thankful. So before we even get to the building process for this year, we got to look around and realize, hey, I'm not doing this thing on my own. I may have to be distanced from you, but even in our distance, we are together building the kingdom of God. And together, no matter where you are and where I am, we are bringing offerings of praise, a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes that sacrifice of praise is because we're giving out of something that we don't yet have. And so I'm giving a faith that I have not seen anything yet take place, but I'm still giving because I'm believing on the altar right now that I am giving worship to God for what he is going to do. Even in the bleakest and darkest I'm saying, God, I trust you, I worship you, I praise you because you are going to do what you said you will do. So now it came time for the work. Now it came time for the work. And this was a hard job and they didn't have everything they needed. So they really needed the hand of God on them to be able to accomplish the task at hand. Ezra chapter 7 verse 6. This Ezra came up from Babylon He was a teacher, well-versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. The king had granted him everything he asked, for the hand of the Lord his God was on him. The first thing we know we need this year is some favor. We need some favor. And you know favor is really influence. I'm going to be honest with you. Favor is not a good parking spot. That's nice, but that's not favor favor is influence. See, Ezra had influence that he had no right to have, but it was given to him because the hand of God was upon him. And so the things that he needed were met because the hand of God was upon him. And here's the thing, when you're walking in God's will, then his hand is upon you. So we need favor this year. We need influence and we need the hand of God on us so that we can have that favor and influence. So if you need God to do something miraculous in your life this year, 
whether it's in your relationships or your job or your finances, right now we say, God, I thank you for your favor because your hand is on me. And so I trust that your favor is with me. And I'm going to seek your will because if I'm walking in your will, then your favor is with me. So God, I thank you for your favor on my life. Chapter 7, verse 9. He had begun his journey from Babylon on the first day of the first month, and he arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month, for the gracious hand of his God was on him. He started and he got where he was going. Listen, you're going to get where you're going. I really believe it. God is going to bring some completion in our lives. I'm believing it for our church this year, that the journey that we stepped out on faith on many years ago, that God is going to continue and he's going to bring some completion, that it is not far away. God is going to bring completion. His hand is on you. And when you start a journey in him, then you will end up where you are supposed to be. Trust that his hand is on you and he will see it through to completion. God has favor for you. God has completion for you. There is a completion coming for the things that we are believing for. Chapter 7, verses 27 through 28. I know I'm going through fast through these, but I want us just to get and, and really just kind of understand that, listen, God's hand is on you, and we say that, but what does that mean? It means we have favor. It means that there's a power of completion in our lives. And in verses 27 and 28, it says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, who has put it into the king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem in this way, and who has extended his good favor to me before the king and his advisors and all the king's powerful officials. Because the hand of the Lord my God was on me, I took courage and gathered leaders from Israel to go up with me. Because the hand of the Lord was on me, I took courage. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to be courageous when you got your people with you, right? You know, I don't know how many of you remember being like 12 at the skating rink, wanting a couple skate. But you were nervous. But your friend was like, go ask, go ask, right? They gave you the courage, right, to step out and shoot your shot. Ask that person to couple skate with you. Look in little things in life, things as small as asking somebody if they want to couple skate. It really helps if you have the support, right, of other people. And this big journey of building back the temple of God, which had been absolutely destroyed, and which there were plenty of haters around that they did not want it to be rebuilt, they needed some encouragement. And God brought them encouragement. He gave them strength and courage. And he began to meet their needs and line things up for them so that they knew that they were on the right path. Listen, I know it's been a difficult run. And I know there's things that you have prayed for that you've almost given up hope on praying for. But today, God wants you to know that his hand is on you. Be encouraged. Take courage courage. Take heart. He is with you. 
You may not need to shoot your shot with that girl at the skating rink. But you can begin to shoot your shot and move into what God has for you. And all the people over 30 are like, what are you talking about basketball for? Ask a teenager, they'll explain, shoot your shot to you. Step out in courage this year and know that God is encouraging you. His hand is on you. In chapter 8, verse 18, because the gracious hand of God was on us, they brought us Sherebiah, a capable man from the descendants of Mali, son of Levi, the son of Israel, and Sherebiah's sons and brothers, 18 in all. Let me tell you something. When you're walking in God's will, he'll bring the right people into your path. Because sometimes we need some help. Sometimes we need some help. This past week, we, we had to put a new back door on our house because, well, our other one was really old and it got stuck and Jeremy wasn't home. So the only way to get it open was to break it down. So I broke it down. <clears throat> um, I did with a hammer. Knocked it out. Um, and so we needed to put the new door in quickly because, guys, it's cold outside. <laughs> but we didn't have all the tools we needed. And so we began to think of, like, well, who would have those tools, right? But our neighbor down the street, just a few doors down, Mark Carlton, he had the exact tools that we needed to be able to put that door in. And he came down, and not only did he bring his tools, but he came and he helped put the door in. And it is something as little as that, we can begin to see that really God can meet our needs. Do you know the people that God has put in your life is not by accident? And you may be wondering how that person who annoys the mess out of you could possibly bring help to you. But let me tell you something. If you're walking in the will of God, God will put people in your life who will help you. This past year, there were a group of people who had to deal with some really heavy, hard things. And their home base, everything kind of fell apart. And and I watched a group of young people kind of just be overwhelmed by the grief of seeing leaders around them fall. And thinking, well, did we waste our time trusting in people that let us down? But do you know that since that time, the relationships that God brought into their lives through that very disconcerting thing have actually helped sustain them and encourage them? God's brought life and good things out of them. Sometimes when everything goes wrong, if you're in the will of God, God still does what he says he will do. So everything can crumble around you, and people can fail, and people can let you down. But when you're walking in the plan of God, he will bring people to you who will help you get where you're going. In maybe unexpected ways, but God will bring you help when you need it. And if we start to think about it, he's done that a lot. I think of the people who have helped me in small and big ways. And so many of them have come to my life because I was walking in the will of God and God put them in my path. God will bring you help. Chapter 8, verse 31. On the twelfth day of the first month, we set out from the Ahava Canal to go to Jerusalem. The hand of God was on us, and he protected us from enemies and bandits along the way. God will take care of you, and he will protect you. And not always in the ways you think. You don't even know the things that could have been heading your way that God has diverted another direction. 
God will bring care and help to you. Salvation and protection to you. These are not trite things. These are not small things. These are not, um, these are not antidotes that the Bible throws out there. They're promises of God. I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will do what I said I will do. These are the promises of God. And we see them laid out here in the story of Ezra building a temple. But they map out themselves in our life. And really and truly and honestly, if you followed God for even a minute of time, I guarantee you that you can begin to think back on your life and you can say, I have seen the favor of God on my life. I have seen God complete things in my life that I never thought would be completed. I have received encouragement from God when I needed it. God has sent people to my life to help me time and time again. And God has cared for me and protected me all the while. So these are not small things. These are things that walk with us all the time. But I will tell you what, in this new year, maybe we can all take a moment and realize the hand of the Lord was on me. The hand of the Lord has been on me. The hand of the Lord is with me. And that is a blessing. So we're standing here at the precipice of a new year. And whether you've bought your planner or numbered your calendar or started to think a little bit ahead, it's here. A new year is here. And there's not some magic thing that happens when the new year comes. It's not like everything just disappears from before and now we're at a new spot. But there is this sense and this awareness that says, I have completed a chapter in my journey and I'm on to the next. And so in a year where we have faced difficulty and we have not been spared hardship, we have not been spared loss, we have dealt with the difficult things that life brings us, let us also take a moment and say, the hand of God has been on me. And I pray that this year it will continue to be on me, continue to be on you. If you're in need of favor this year, God's hand is on you. If you need God to complete some things that he has started in your life, his hand is on you. If you need encouragement and courage to take that next step, God's hand is on you. If you need help this year, God's hand is on you. And if you need care this year, God's hand is on you firmly planted. Backing up to Ezra chapter 3, verse 3. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both morning and evening sacrifices. Despite their fear, they built an altar and then they built a temple. I would lie if I said I hadn't dealt with fear this year. I think all of us have at some point or another. But we have a choice. We have a choice. And today, we can say that despite our fear, today we build an altar and we offer a sacrifice of praise because we know that the journey that's ahead, it comes with the hand of God. And so therefore, we will not fear.
Because of Jesus, the presence of God is always in us. Favor, the promise of completion, encouragement, help, and care, they are ours without delay. But now we have to use them to build. I don't know what lies ahead of me. And after the past year, I don't even hazard to make a guess. Right? (laughs) I don't know what lies ahead of me. I think one thing for me is that God really kind of gave me a piece about not having to know everything that's going to happen this year. But I know the God who has placed his hand on me, and that is enough to believe and hope in faith that I will prosper no matter the season. Listen to that again. I don't know what lies ahead of me or you or any of us, but I know the God who has placed his hand on me and on you, and that is enough to believe and hope in faith that I will prosper no matter the season, because he who delights in the Lord, who meditates on him day and night, will be like a tree planted beside the water, who will grow its fruit and prosper and never wither up. I know the hand of God is on me. So listen today, as we're going to wrap up today, we're going to take a few minutes to pray. And generally, at this time every year, we have a time where we lay hands on people and pray for them. But we're going to be wise this year, and we're not going to lay hands on anybody, but we are going to take a few minutes, and we're going to pray over some specific areas. Some specific areas that we need to see the hand of God in. We're going to pray specifically for the next generation, our children and our youth. Boy, are they tough. Boy, have they weathered a lot this year and come out on top. So we're going to pray for our kids. We're going to pray for finances and for jobs. We're going to pray for our health. We're going to pray for families and relationships and spiritual needs. We're going to pray for the areas that we know we need to see the hand of God in our lives. So those of you who are here and those of you who are at home, we're going to take a few minutes to pray on these areas. And let me tell you something. Prayer is not super exciting. There's no dancing screen with words on it to go along with prayer. There is going to be nothing super entertaining for you to watch while we take a few minutes to pray. But we have got to stop worrying about being entertained and start focusing on seeking the hand of God. Because the last time I checked, when Elijah went out to the edge of the cave to look for the voice of God, there was thunder and lightning. And he said, is that you, God? And God said, that's not me. And then the earth began to shake and rattle. And he said, God, is that you? And God said, that's not me. And then as he barely heard a whisper in the wind, God said, that is me. So let me tell you something. There's a lot of things shaking and rattling the earth around us. And there are a lot of things thundering and clapping around us. But let me tell you something, people of God. We got to get still and listen for the voice of God to speak. We've got to get still and feel the hand of God on our lives. When we're so busy and we're moving and we're shaking, we can't even sense the hand of God that is on us. But if you get still, I promise you, you can begin to seek God with your whole heart. I meditate on him day and night. And as I meditate on him, my roots are planted deep. And that water begins to seep into me and I begin to grow and prosper right where I am. So the areas in our life that we need the hand of God this year, we say, God, we get still. And we unify together for one purpose, to build your kingdom. And God, we are afraid, maybe even just a little bit. 
But despite our fears, God, we build an altar right here today. And we make a sacrifice of our praise and a sacrifice of our prayer to you. Hear us and let us feel the hand of God upon us. So let's take a few moments to pray. James is going to come and Pastor Prentice and then I'll wrap things up for us today. And if you're here, I just want to ask you very intently to pray in agreement with us. Pray for yourself. Begin to ask and see those people that you're praying for. See them in your mind and pray in agreement for them. God's promises say where two or more are gathered together there in his name. Here he is in the midst of us. So let us join together in prayer today. Mariah, would you play behind us? Could you do that as we pray today? Go ahead, James. Father, we thank you that you're always with us. We thank you that you will never abandon us. At any moment, there is a seat at the table with you. So I pray right now we would sit down and talk to you and seek your face. Father, for our children, I pray that they would hear and recognize your voice, that they would know the voice of their heavenly Father, and that they would choose to obey when you ask them. Father, that their ears would be sensitive to your words, that they would be able to hear the whisper. Father, I pray that they would operate in the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, you don't give our children a junior Holy Spirit. The fullness of Holy Spirit is in them. And I pray, Lord, that you would begin to open the eyes and ears of the adults around them to recognize the power that you've placed in our children. That we would encourage our children to pray at all times. Father, but most of all, I pray our children would be filled with the love and compassion of Jesus. And Father, that it would not be worn down or diminished by the things of this world. That a pure and holy love would burn persistently in the hearts of our children. Father, for our young adults. Lord, I pray that they would remain free to question and have the patience and open ears to receive the answers. To grow up in 2020, to grow up in any point in our generation is natural to have questions. And I pray, Lord, that they would question with boldness that they would question with love. Father, that they would love lavishly and generously. Father, that they would recognize the wellspring of love that you've placed in them is unending and does not require 
any action of those around them. Father, that they can freely pour out love at all times. I pray that you would begin to demonstrate that in their lives and to show them your unending source of Holy Spirit. I pray that our young adults would be unbound from the world and its ways. Father, I pray that there would be a preoccupation with you. That there would be miracles. Father, that there would be manifestations and visitations and encounters, Father, that would preoccupy the minds of our young adults. I'll throw everybody in there. I want that. So that the world and its ways, whatever they are, would be so much less attractive than the light and the glory and the radiance of Jesus. Father, in the area of finances and jobs for our whole church, I pray, Lord, and thank you for abundance and overflow of wealth, of finances, of favor. Lord, I thank you for promotions, Father, for the right job, Lord, the job that is desired, that you've designed the individual for, Father, for fulfillment and satisfaction in our work, that our work would be done unto you, Lord, and that we would find joy in doing our work unto you, regardless of recognition or honor from others. I thank you for raises, spontaneous, undeserved, unexpected raises. Father, favorable settlements, unexpected gifts. Father, checks in the mail, inheritances, and other supernatural increases in our wealth and finances. Father, and at most of all, in those increases, in those moments of grace and undeserved favor that we would honor you and that we would trust you. We would trust you with every penny we have, with every item we own, Father, that we would be open-handed as we receive so that we might freely give to others and that our generosity would increase as you bring increase. Fill us with trust. Fill us with love. Fill us with hope. Let all of our heart, every area, be surrendered. And let us not grow weary in well-being and well-doing. In Jesus' name.
Lord, I come to you in the name of Jesus. As your word says, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Satan, I want you to hear me right now. You cannot keep the gates closed. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. And I say to you that what you have meant to destroy your people is going to turn around and bat, bat, bite you. You took one step too far. And I remind you of your history. And I remind you of your future. Lord, as your word talks about that we are three. Body, soul, and spirit. Lord, I pray for healing in all three of these areas. In our body, I take authority over it. According to your word, you have said, Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you bind in heaven shall be bound on earth. Lord, I stand upon these principles today. I say, Satan, take your hand off of these people. I say, Satan, these are your children. I say, Satan, the families of these that are sick, they are healed, and strength shall overtake those that are weak how about our souls Lord if we're three our souls are the most valuable thing that we have as your word has said don't worry about those that can kill the body but worry about those that can kill the soul Lord and I pray right now those that has the hedge around them. Satan, I remind you that even when you come before God, you even declared you couldn't touch him till God released the hedge. Father, I pray right now the hedge be around the souls of these that has confessed your name and stood by you through everything I pray Lord that they'll not just be bound that they'll not just be healed in body I've seen too many of those that has been healed by their body and then once that happens they just go do their own thing but Lord I pray that they will be healed by their body so that their spirit can soar to the level you have determined it to be. Lord, if your word has said that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. I declare today, Satan, this is a spiritual warfare as it had been said in the Old Testament and repeated in the New this is not your battle because you neither have the power nor the strength 
but it's by the strength of God. It's by the anointing of God that destroys the yoke that you have tried to place on these that are here today and those that are sitting home right now listening to this broadcast. I tell Satan right now, he does not have the authority over those that are covered by the blood. I speak a hedge of those that are sick in body. I speak a hedge those that are troubled in their spirit. And I speak a hedge around those whose souls are in the balance of today. As Elijah stood up, he said, Why do we halt between opinions? I pray today for the body that our eyes will be opened that our ears would be unstopped, that our mouth would open and declare the righteousness of God. Healing in the feet because you cannot carry the gospel and have trouble with your feet. I pray for the lungs, respiratory systems, the heart, that you do something today as we have characterized many times. Lord, it's time now for us to believe that you're going to show up and you're going to show off. Healing in the mind, Lord, of things that we have listened to by people that should have no authority in our thinking. I speak to our minds today that we hear the voice of God, that we read His Word, that we meditate on it in a level that we have not done before. Lord, this is a desperate hour. Never has our nation been faced with situations like we're faced with. I pray, Lord, for a healing to take place. And that we would rise and shine. So there's darkness all around us. Your word has declared greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. There is no weapon that is formed that shall prosper. And now, Lord, let healing in the body and the soul and in the Spirit be extended to these that are here today and those that are listening on their television. We give you all glory and praise and everything we do, we do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ.
Amen.